0: Hi, I'm Steve Ladori. And I'm Akiva Bibi. Together, we'll be talking to leading innovation experts from across the world who are going to share how they've been keeping themselves busy during this time of disruption. That is reinventing themselves, their teams, and their businesses at breakneck speed so that they can be ready for the new normal. And we are here today to talk with Hernan Carranza. Hernan is the chief innovation officer of a really exciting a really exciting organization called Grupo Intercorp. Uh, They are based in Lima, Peru, one of, if not the largest conglomerates in South America. So we're going to be very excited to hear from him. He is also the uh, chief innovation officer there, as well as the managing director of La Victoria Innovation Labs, which is going to give us a lot of exciting stuff about what he and his team uh, are doing. Hernan's been with uh, Intercorp since 2004. But along the way, he got a, uh, a master's at the Fish School of Arts at NYU in New York City on innovation strategy. I know he's traveled in Europe and spent time there, uh, and he's got a really interesting background, and they are doing some amazing stuff during this pandemic uh, in, the, uh, in the Peruvian community and connection. So, Hernan, welcome. Thanks for being here. If we could start, maybe tell us a little bit about Intercorp, because I'm pretty sure most of our uh, audience is not familiar with it and all the things you're doing and how big and um you know structured you are in terms of so many different businesses so let me turn it over to you so intercorp
1: is basically a a group of companies we have um our conglomerate has over 35 companies and all of them what they share in common is that all of them are addressing the needs of the peruvian middle class family right so if you imagine the the journey of these families of Peru, of our middle class, uh, we can help them um, thrive along their whole uh, journey. Uh, since they're born, we have clinics, we have uh, K-12 to schools, we have universities, we have supermarkets, we have uh, drugstores, movie theaters, shopping centers. Um, we have a small bank, so uh, we have insurance companies. So, so we are sort of the of the uh, sort of a Peruvian Alibaba, right? We, we provide um, all of our of our customers with all the things that they need along their lives. Um, Intercorp was was born uh, 20, 23 years ago in Lima, which is the capital of Peru. And we were basically providing financial solutions to these families. Uh, and then that was sort of our first wave of business um, Then um, after like eight years, we started, um, we jumped into the retail uh, business and we started developing a portfolio of business offerings for uh, Peruvian families. Um, And we did that um, on on the suburbs of the capital and uh, also um, in some of the provinces of Peru that at that point uh, were extremely, extremely um, neglected by the business community here in, in South America. Um, and, and then um, our third wave of business, I would say, started like eight years ago. So it's been like 24 years so far. And like every eight eight years or so, we sort of have another sort of wave of business. And and the latest one and the third one, um I would say it's around shared value. So it's basically about uh, doing business while, while doing good for the community. So we have launched um, all of our initiatives of education and healthcare have been launching the last eight years. And we've designed, um, I mean, I guess our, our most iconic uh, business so far is, um, is a, it's a K-12 uh, school system that is um, meant to be affordable, scalable, uh, world-class, and, and also, I mean, work, delivering world-class education and also sustainable and profitable, right? So uh, that's, a, that's a, a project that we started 10 years ago or nine years ago with um, an innovation company called IDEO. It's based in, the, in San Francisco. And with them, we spent six months basically creating the whole, the whole system, right? The whole, the whole the learning model and the business model and the operation model, um, all the way to the spaces and the technology behind. Um, and right now, we have uh, 60 schools in three different countries in the region attending over 50,000
0: students. Your span is incredible, from movie theaters to schools to banks to health clinics to insurance, it's just it's it's uh you know it's an amazing scope you have across the economy and the, the country.
1: So we basically exist to help Peru uh, become the best place in Latin America to raise a family, right? That's our our vision. We would we love and we work uh, every day to accomplish that, that, that purpose, right? Um, so as you're saying, all of our businesses, all the array of businesses that we have, are always pointing to that direction. My my role at Intercorp is I oversee um, all the innovation strategy for the, for the conglomerate. Six years ago, we launched our innovation lab. That's called La Victoria Lab. Um, and we are 34 folks that are, I would say, um, different kind of um, mindset to the rest of the organization, right? So we are probably um, way more user-centered. We basically bring the voice of the user. Um, we think extremely agile and iterative, as opposed to having like long-term plans, uh, we basically experiment and prototype with, with everything that we do, so we we, we have this mantra that 's about building to think um, um and, and yeah and we work in an extremely collaborative fashion um, uh, I guess all of the people that i 've hired for la Victoria lab uh, have a, have a very a very different background, so they 're coming from very different places, not only in terms of of education but also in terms of of the lives they 've been living right they 've been Most of the people that are working at La Victoria Lab um, are people that have been uh, having or experiencing um, different uh, journeys living in different countries or living in in completely different contexts, like in in the middle of nowhere, in in the Amazon jungle, stuff like that. So I'm just trying to hire people who are extremely intentional about about, um, um, hacking their own lives, right? Really... Um, designing their own lives. So we're a group of designers. That's the way we call ourselves. And we are basically, I would say, like hackers or like people who love to reimagine and to challenge uh, of the not only of the business of InterCorp, but also the experiences that we deliver to our users. And and particularly, I am very interested on people who have been able to design their own lives.
0: Could you just give everyone the, the location of where physically your innovation lab is and how you how you selected that location?
1: Sure. So, um, so Intercorp again, it's it's a massive organization in in Peru, right? We are we have over eighty thousand employees all around the country. We're basically located in Peru. Um, all our businesses and investors are Peruvian, are based in Peru, um, and um, and. It, I mean, if you walk around the capital or any other city around the country, you'll probably stumble upon many of our businesses, even without noticing that, right? Um, I mean, it's such a big conglomerate that we account for almost 4% of the Peruvian GDP. Um, Our headquarter is located in the intersection of the two sort of, um, I mean, you've been here, the two most um, iconic highways or expressways in the capital, right? Uh, Our our headquarter building is located there and um i know it's, it's a very beautiful um iconic building right uh it's been 18 years since we built it but it's still very it's still still an icon right um and um when we were when we when we started like 7 years ago one of the first um discussions that i had with my with my boss who who is um the chairman of the group uh he he told me hey innovation is so important that i want you to you to be on the 20th floor you and your team, right? Because that that's going to be um, a strong signal of um, of, the, of how important and how influential I want Innovation Lab to be in the whole intergroup, right? And I told him, well, that's exactly what we don't want, right? What we need is actually the opposite. We, we, don't, we don't want to be important. We don't want to be powerful. We actually want to be free and to be autonomous and to really be able to think outside the box, right? So I, I told him, like, rather than being at the top of the of the, like, Crystal Tower, I would prefer to be probably three to four blocks away, not to be too far away from where the businesses are, but to, you know, to to be working in a house um, so that uh, we are able to empathize a lot better with the traditional, like, middle-class family that we are working for so that we can learn from them, we can be empathetic with them, we can be with them right? Also, uh, I guess um, a second benefit of, of working in a, in, a, in a middle-class house is um, the team feels like a family, right? And, and they are able to I mean, we're a lot more closer. We're able to interact a lot. Well, not in these times, but I mean, the last seven years, it's been that, that way. Um, there are a lot of random encounters. There are a lot of like um, um, fa- uh, like like a family vibe and like a tribe vibe. But I think it's it's quite strong for for collaboration, which is at the cornerstone of what we do, and and, and to develop trust, right, between the, the labs. So, um, yeah, I, I personally didn't foresee that coming. I think that's something that has happened, right? But but I guess um, we really nailed it because um, um, my team, even though it's 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 very small compared to, I mean, thirty four, thirty three uh, folks compared to the eighty thousand at Intercorp. I guess we have been able to create a, a very high degree of influence uh, within the whole conglomerate, right? And, and again, I don't think it's about the quantity of people. I think it's about the quality of the ideas. And when you feel that like you are a, a unit or a family, the trust that you can create, it's a lot stronger, right? So, so yeah, we've been working yeah. in this
0: house and I guess uh, so far, so good. I'd like to move, move a little bit closer to the, to the present and the, the pandemic and how we've all been dis- disrupted. Could, could you could you, you you told me the story the other day uh, about trying to get the a distribution of cash you know funding to the to the community to your to your countrymen and the fact that so many are unbanked in there could you could you tell us a little bit of the story of you know you know wh- what did your team do something about you know you stopped all things and said, oh my God, what do we got to do right now? Could you talk to us a little bit about what I think you've caught branded Tunky and how that has actually uh, been helping uh, with the distribution of funds during the, you know, during the pandemic. You know, right now.
1: There's two two different things, right? The first one is all the things that we have been doing in the last two to three years that has have been helping us to be, I would say, like to be fit for this context, right? So we we have sort of been training for something like this. We we didn't know this was going to happen, but I guess. Um, we have been been training quite a lot for something like this, and uh, I guess somehow La Victoria Lab has has become sort of the vaccine or the immunological system for the whole intergroup because we have been uh, injecting this, you know, way of working and like digital delivery and, and design mindset and all these things that that even. I mean, we have been injecting all these mindsets and skill sets and tools into our leaders again during the last four years very aggressively, right? So it's not um it's not an assumption or hypothesis anymore. I think the fact that we have been able to react as a group, not as a not as a group of, of designers, but as a whole group, you know, so quickly, is something that um is 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 helping us quite a lot to to move extremely, extremely fast. So that's the first thing and I can share a bit of details there. The second thing are, the, are how L- La Victoria Lab, that's called LVL internally, has been able to pivot our whole portfolio for the future. Right? I kind spend time there as well. First is what you're saying, like Tunki. Tunki is a payments app that we launched like a year and a half ago with our bank. Um, and and uh, when, the, when the whole COVID thing um, exploded here in Peru by, by mid-March, um, we were the only bank that um, was able to deliver um, or to open a bank account hundred percent online, right? And that combined with, with TUNKI, which is one of the other three payment platforms that are um, popular around the country, um, that made the government of Peru officially choose TUNKI as the official way to distribute um, all the subsidies that they were giving to the families. Our role was to pioneer the, the, the digital transformation and digital delivery of products that we started by the end of 2015, right so we've been um, four years and a bit more building dozens of digital probes. so we knew, we know how to do that right um, and, and and the backlog of of this product called Tunki, um, we have been able to ship literally 12 months in 14 days right because we knew how to do that. Very similar. Um, we also as I mentioned before, we own a, a network of schools and And again right in in only two weeks we were able to put all the content uh into the cloud and then into the into the tablets and the computers of the students uh, on a on a way that we couldn't have been able to do if we if we wouldn't have been training for this moment right so again again, also the leadership and there were a few a bunch of areas and groups within innova schools that's the name of the company that that knew how to do that right of course they were probably doing it with with a sense of urgency that everybody in the planet was working before COVID. Right? But then when the whole COVID arrived, they were able to do this like literally in 14 days. Uh, so they started one week before the lockdown, which meant that only one week after the lockdown, um, 50,000 students in Peru were able to attend classes uh, online for only uh, $120, which is what we charge for them for, the, for each kid uh, for each month. Right. So, again, I, I guess those couple of examples are great stories of, of how we were, um, we were ready, right? I, I can imagine our competitors or other organizations in the planet, probably they didn't have this sort of vaccine to be ready for the, for the future. And they must have been struggling quite a lot because they, they, they were not exercising that, that muscle with three or four years um, um, of, of, of time beforehand, right? When it comes to, to the second part of your question about um, how we've been able to pivot our, our portfolio, you know, La Victoria Lab have always, has, we've always had a mandate of focusing on the future. I would say four to five years horizon time, right? To be ready for the future, to pioneer with all the things that are emerging, um, both on process and on content or product or strategy, right? So to really help our companies um, be way more future-ready or future-proof than our competitors, both traditional and emergent competitors are. I guess when the whole thing happened, uh, again, like two and a half months here uh, in Peru, we what, what I did was, um, I guess we were like a couple of days on denial mode, and then on Wednesday that week, we said something like, um, let's stop working, right? Let's not continue working on the same things that we were working before this disruption. Um, I guess that was quite radical and most of the leaders of my team were like <laughs> are you nuts? Like we've been working for uh, in these projects like for a few months already, like why are we going to stop all this? Like, because it doesn't make sense anymore and uh, we need to be as responsive as possible to the new context, right? Um, I guess, I guess. I mean, in that moment honestly I was not sure about what I was doing I don't think there is a, uh, any sort of toolkit that can help leaders uh, respond on this sort of crisis but but I guess um, something that I've always said is that it's a lot better to over invest time on this on defining what to do and then to probably under invest a little bit of time on, on on the doing of that thing right I think most of the innovation labs and, and humans around the planet tend to um, over invest their energy on executing the plan and under investing And and, and, I, and I actually think on that even like as a personal level, right? Like when you go on vacation with your wife, you probably invest a couple of hours uh, defining the destination and then you invest a week or two uh, traveling, right? I I, I have a, a little bit of a, of a different philosophy. I think it's a lot better to invest probably as much time as, as you invest traveling in planning because then you will probably choose the right destination and the right hotels and the right place and the right restaurants. So I think it's very similar here, right? I said, let's stop for a couple of weeks. Let's do nothing, at least the leadership of, of the of the of the lab, right? And then really choose what what we want to do <clears throat> for the for the future, right? We sort of developed a new framework for all the initiatives that we were going to be doing in the COVID times and probably after. Um, we moved our time horizon, uh, um, not for the next five years, but for the next I would say twelve months. So we're focusing on what we are calling locally the early recovery phase, which is uh we, we have this framework that we talk about the now, the near and the far, right? So our our hypothesis is the far um the far can wait a little bit. Um the now cannot wait. And all our all our business executives yep. are focusing on the now. They're like fire how is it in English like a fire firework fire workers, right? Uh They are literally throwing water into the fire right now. What we can do and what we are really best at doing is invest time now to harvest on the near, which is in 12 months. So we have a lot of early signals of how the habits and the behaviors of our consumers are going to change in the next 6 to 12 months. And with those early signals, we can start building products for them, um, for for our users to consume in in 6 to 12 months, right? I think a great example of that one um, is um, telemedicine or telehealthcare. So, uh, I mean, that first or second week after the COVID exploded here in Peru, we, we started building a telemedicine product that we launched a couple of weeks ago. Um, not only because all the, because all the um, consumers were, were in their houses, having some healthcare needs, but also because the doctors were in their houses, locked down, Um, And also because the regulation started to relax a lot more, right? So it was like the perfect storm to start building a product that has never uh, been around in Peru. And and we are lucky to have hospitals and drugstores that can provide us with a very uh, strong and fair advantage to build that product, right? Because we have over 2,200 drugstores all around the country that are the the largest... um, like a healthcare network in terms of reach. And we also have the protocols um, and we also have from the clinics, and we also have some of the doctors and advisors. So we have a lot of things. So we just spend time, again, like designing the plan, and then we started the building as opposed to just keep working so that there is like an illusion of progress. But I guess progress and velocity are important, but even more important uh, is to have the, the right direction, right?
0: In terms of sort of investing and in developing a very different leadership muscle, um, you know, the fact that, that you got them ready for these kind of radical changes and be able to pivot in, in this kind of market, right? And, and given that you are a very large corporate, but it sounds like you've developed a whole cadre of, you know, senior executives who already have a very strong, you know, what we call corporate entrepreneurial mindset, you know? So how, you know, I'd love to hear how you did that.
1: That's a, that's a great question. And, and look, I've been around for six and a half years, and, and that was our biggest um, challenge, I would say. And every, every time people ask me or people um, interview me and say, like, hey, what, what would be the one thing you'd like to change if you have like a like a mic one? And I usually said the leadership mindset, right? Um, we've been calling that um, project or that opportunity uh, leadership internally, right? That's a code name. Um, and I guess we've been trying different Ways to approach the opportunity, right? And if, if there's one that I think has worked, I would say had moved eighty percent the needle. Um, I would say it was um, it was uh, something that we that we did um, a year and a half ago, right? So um, after Christmas uh, we have our summertime here, opposite to the to the northern hemisphere. So um, we had this idea. So, so we started the digital transformation program uh, officially on January of 2016, right? Um, basically, our mantras were strategy is delivery, uh, show the thing, the, the thing meaning the product, right? Like literally don't get ready, get started, build something, right? And, and it, it worked quite well. Um, we started building something ourselves that was called the beacon. That was a, again, another code name internally. A beacon is a digital service or a digital product. That was competing with your company on a digital fashion, um, and that and that helped your organization to acquire a new capability. Right, that was sort of the definition of, and, and of course it was extremely user-centric. It was attending a, a pressing user need. That is what we defined a beacon internally, and we create a very strong movement about building beacons. Right, we we made a competition. We 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 create a lot of fear of missing out, like a FOMO FOMO effect, and all the leaders of the business units was like, I want my beacon, I want to have a couple of beacons. Everybody was sort of competing to have beacons. And beacons was were were basically again digital services that were competing with their core 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 offerings, right? After a couple of years, we noticed that we uh, that we were able to build over 80 beacons, which is quite a lot. I mean, one beacon is is a is a startup, it's an internal startup, right? But then um by the end of 20 um of 2018, right, a year and a half ago, our chairman, we have Every two months, we have a, a meeting with uh, top five execs of the whole Intercorp and La Victoria Lab to keep having updates on the digital transformation journey, right? And uh, by the end of, I remember it was like October of 2018, uh, this guy said something like, I'm really happy about all the activity that is going around with the Beacons. Like, honestly, in 18 to 24 months, we have progressed um, way more than in the previous 10 years, right? But... I have the feeling, that's what he said, that uh, we are a little bit like, like um, headless, right? Like um, um, we are building a lot of things, but we are not necessarily aligned on what's the direction that we want our conglomerate and our industries to move. So he asked us to help him with that journey. And, and after a few weeks of, again, like planning, right, and, and stopping the ball for a while, uh, before keeping the play, we said, and we, and we spent literally three weeks in, in Cambridge because we have, um, I mean, we, we work very closely with IDEO. They are the best when it comes to future design uh, or to like uh, uh, design fiction or like imagining how the future could look like, right? So we spent three weeks there and we came back to Lima with this idea of uh, what if we organize through platforms, right? So we have, now we have four platforms, education, healthcare, financial services, and retail. Uh, and then you, you Carlos, assign, Carlos is the chairman, like a head of platform, so who's going to be leading each of the, of the four, like, it's not a business anymore, it's like a group of businesses. And then each of these four persons, they need to write a letter to themselves, right, to the version of themselves on of 2024. It was five years looking forward, right? Um and, a, and a, why a letter? Because a letter um, is not only very easy to consume and to edit, but it's particularly easy to produce, right? So we, our our idea that, that was widely accepted was what if um, each of these um, leaders surround themselves by six to seven people that are very different be- between themselves. So we said it has to be two people below 30, at least two, two, two women, and stuff like that, so that it looked a bit, a little bit more diverse as opposed to just a uh, uh, the usual suspects. Um, and then they started on a journey of four months from December to, um, to April was four and a half months of designing the future, right? So they, and I, and I think the beauty of this is going to come here, right? Like they didn't only, I mean, fast forward to April, they didn't only just share outstanding vision and, and super emotional and, and, and concrete for each of their platforms, but also the process of writing that letter was amazing. They started adopting without necessarily knowing that they were embracing creative behaviors, such as, for instance, looking out. We have a list of six, six creative behaviors that we have been pushing since, 20, since 2015 um, that, we, that we co-created with IDEO. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a division of IDEO called Creative Difference. Uh, so if, you, if you Google that, like creative difference idea in, in Google, you'll find the six dimensions of creativity, which are sort of the six traits of creativity that businesses should have in order to create the conditions, in order to be continuously creative, right? And, and in April, after they delivered, after this four-month journey, and they delivered their vision letters, um, we sort of went through these six dimensions, and we were like, oh, wow, the six of them have been, right, And and um, I guess looking out, I mean, I'm going to read them very quickly. One is purpose. Looking out is the second one. Third one is collaboration. Fourth is experimentation. Number five is empowerment. And number six is refinement or continuous refinement. Right? All of the six were heavily embraced by our leaders. And again, it was like, we're like six to eight leaders per platform. Uh, that's around like 50 people in the room, or I would say actually like 50 people in the journey of four months, literally. Putting together and, and and articulating in in one and a half page, maximum what your future was going to look like. So it was like, for instance, the head of of education is Jorge. Was like, dear Jorge of 2024. This is and, and it was like this is happening today. This happened a year ago. So it was looking into the past, right? They were able to imagine the future. They were able to look out quite a lot. Each of the groups did like I would say three to four trips during that summer to to India, China, um, actually several trips to China, the West Coast, the East Coast, Brazil, Mexico. So um, they, they articulated the purpose for the plas- for the platforms. Uh, they collaborated quite strongly with all their other leaders. Um, yeah, and they empowered them and then they refined this letter again. We did that um, literally a year before COVID. We finished that journey and that has put us on a, on a, on a very uh, comfortable position of, of having invested the right time and energy with the right people at the right time, probably, because we didn't know the virus was coming, on really setting up the direction. Um, last week, we, we read those letters again with the whole uh, group and it was like, wow, this is still 80% valid. It's just that the, the speed of delivery has changed quite a lot, but the direction in most cases Keeps keep uh, it's still the same, which which again puts us on a, on an unfair advantage because we were able to travel the world and imagine the future for four months a year ago.
0: So and I guess that leads us to the the question around, you know, how are you using this new muscle, this you know, your beacons, you know, for sort of creative differences in this market, this post COVID market where everything's accelerated. So, you know, what like how are you applying that? What does that look like?
1: Sorry, sorry. I mean just to
0: build just to build on that, right. How 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 will you the, the fact that it's eighty percent applicable? Great, great story on on you know, how you've influenced leadership to change. So as you look forward, what how is this going to continue? How do you see things changing, you know, in the in the new normal, whatever whatever that is? What what do you what challenges do you see for for your leader for, for your involvement with leadership and your you know your team's your team's journey?
1: Challenge number one would be to to be able i mean for the for the business leads to be able to combine the right share of energy um, between the present and the future. I guess we are still ninety nine percent in the present because because of the fire i mean what I call the fire right which is like how do we keep running our businesses with so many new restrictions um and of course the businesses are not doing as well uh, as they were doing before
0: the the other the
1: other challenge that I think it is quite important for us is to sort of re- refine the, the directions of these visions, um, being continuously informed by, by the habits that are changing, right? And, and I guess nobody knows what uh, which habits are going to stick and which habits are going to go back to. And I think right now we need to start thinking on, on having like weekly conversations um, on, on how are these directions going to change, right? Because, uh, for instance, in, in retail... Um, I, I personally have this hypothesis that the one thing that was not in that letter a year ago is proximity. Um, I'm not sure how, how things are working in other countries, but in Peru, proximity is something very new and extremely important, right? Like uh, I guess uh, three, four months ago, we didn't really care about that. We care about price. We care about convenience, about speed, but not about proximity, right? And right now, because of these restrictions, uh, people just, are creating strong relationships with their corner shops, right? Um, so the corner shops were losing market very strongly and very systemically during the last sort of decade here. And in three months, they have become, again, like super important, right? So that is just one single example. And um, I don't know if this is going to stay or this is going to go. So we don't know. But I guess, I guess the second challenge is to to combine uh, the the signals from other markets, um, the early signals from our market, uh, and a little bit of intuition and imagination to be able to say, okay, we're going to put extra effort here, right? Because this is going to be huge. Uh, I guess whoever is able to do that better than competitors is the one that's going to capture that 10 or 20% of the market, or maybe at the beginning it's going to be 5%. But then that's going to keep changing and changing. It's going to be eventually 50%, right? So I guess that's a little bit of the second challenge. Um, and I guess that's a challenge for every single business and just for us.
0: The, the first thing I, I, I took away, and I'm just still reflecting back on our corporate entrepreneur community visit, visit to you, is all the training that you've done. I mean, I think you used the phrase, you know, you were, tr- you were training for this moment, but you didn't know you were training. Uh, for this moment. And, uh, you know, and, and stuff that you know normally would have taken, you know, two months, you got done in or two years, rather, maybe you got done in two weeks, which is just, it shows the value of your, of your training. And, and I, I would just build on that by, by saying that the fact that you had the, the vision and the insight to physically move your innovation team into the neighborhood where your target market is located for all the businesses, I, I just think it's just a uh, you know, just an incredible best practice that I hope uh I hope other people can uh, uh, can take away. In terms of then what you did, I mean, I just remember you saying emphatically, "like we had to stop everything." I mean, that's the next thing I took away. Stop, stop everything. What do we have to pivot? What do we have to have to change? I mean, the fact that you know, that, you know, you use the term "fire," and you know, ninety nine percent of what you had to worry about was right now. I think was was an awesome thing to uh to do. Yeah, you know, and from that, I see the things like you know. Telemedicine, the funding transfers that you got now worrying about proximity. I mean, I think all the, you know, your, your, your three tier approach of what do we have to do now? What do we have to do near and what do we have to do far is going to pay big dividends. And I, and I agree from what I'm here with most people is, you know, maybe we we're supposed to be working on three to five years before all this happened, but we now have to focus probably 99% on the present and the near and what's going to be the near coming out of this. Cause there are going to be winners and and losers. And obviously we want, we want all our firms to be, to be winners, but we also want the communities that we live in to be, to be winners. You know, you're doing a tremendous amount to help the middle class. You know, and I think that's really, um, uh, really, really uh, just very, very commendable. And then the, to me, the, the, the value of what you did with beacons Getting this new leadership muscle. The fact that you, you also had the insight to say, you know, hey, leaders, we, we not only want you to write this letter, but we want you to write this letter by building a diverse team of thinkers around it so that you're, you're incorporating that in. I, I hope other people will take that, uh, as a best example. And then the, the, you know, so A, you had the, you had the vision to go do it 18 months ago, but then you also had the knowledge right now to say, is it still relevant given everything that's going on? And, and reviewing it right now. So I think that's a really, really important thing to uh to think to think about that you know you have to change and you can now sort out what's gonna happen going forward and what are the new things you need to invest in, the new habits you mentioned, you're gonna have new habits in your organization, new habits with leadership, and you're gonna have new new habits with your uh you know with all your consumers. Hernan, thank you very much for helping us out. So come join the movement. Find us at bit.ly forward slash disrupted today.